Good morning, everybody. Good morning, James. Good morning, Julia. Good morning, Barnes. Happy Sunday. This is What Does It All Mean Podcast. Stoked you're all here. You caught me, James. You caught me. Well, this is the season finale. <clears throat> it's been two uh, two weeks in the making. The last uh, last week we were supposed to do it, but I got the vaccination, so I could it. And the week before that, our guest that's going to be on tonight, he got the vaccination. So we're both um, just trying to get back into the world again. I think that's really what's happening. So I have. I have one more uh, shot that I got to get on the 22nd, and then I think I have two weeks after that, and then I'm good to go, and then I can return to public without having to worry, so uh, yeah, it should be fun, it should be fun, I'm so, I'm so, I'm so stoked to have all you guys, like, you know, listen to my, my shenanigans, that's really what it is, I, the COVID, the pandemic, it just made everything weird where I didn't get to hang out with my friends. So look, I get to hang out with the Hurt family. I get to hang out with James. I get to hang out with Julia. I get, I get to hang out with all these new people that I met. And uh, it's it's just, that's really what it is. And it's, it's an excuse to hang out with you guys, but to also just have topics and to, and to think about life and why we're here and why we can't hang out. You know, so uh, what does it all mean? What does it all mean? I'm going to touch just up a little bit about this season and some of the cool things that happen. And this being one of them, <clears throat> we had a show, we had a show, uh, we had a show on, uh, trolls. And, uh, one of the trolls was this kid, uh, Jordan, Jordan day. That's his artist name. And, uh, he said something about, making uh, Sid Barrett rolled over in his grave because I was just singing horribly and it wasn't singing at all it was just the video but this is this is his song this came out on the 5th this song is called Song's, that song's called My Guitar Brings Me Serenity. And that came from uh, someone that was, yeah, trolling me, saying that I had a horrible voice, which I, it was, like I said, it was a cover of a, a song. It truly wasn't me. But we became really good friends, and he just got married. So shout out to Jordan getting married and trolling. And, you know, I got to put that album out for him because, you know, uh, 
the people that put this on is uh, Spacefire Records, and I, I know the people that put that on, so I had them say, hey, you know, do you have any music? And I, t- I, sh- I showed them this, and they they put it out. And so <clears throat> that's what's cool. The, the direct podcast led to some real art being created, and that's the one thing I'm really enjoying is seeing everyone's individual art. Like, it's so awesome. Like Jordan's individual songs, James' individual songs that started one of our uh, our episodes, just for our 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 podcast. You know, what does it all mean? I mean that these things and that you know, seeing people's just just art. Like I, I I saw this one picture of a it was on a tattoo, and we covered a, a show on tattoos, and it was like this this girl that looked like the Statue of Liberty, but she had like a dollar bill stuck in her mouth and it was just like and she was chained to like corporations and it was just really cool and uh you know I did something like that in high school and I got kicked out and I discussed that in the podcast this season so and I think uh in the second season we're going to touch on some of those things too like uh like art again Hitler and art what if Hitler would have been you know understood in art school what he wanted to kill everybody stuff like that uh also some of the things that we're going to talk about in the second season is going to be um cults i'm going to get into cults we're going to get into like tesla i asked some people what they wanted to talk about uh serial killers we're going to get into river phoenix i'm gonna i'm gonna do a show all about my favorite band porno for pyros and how i uh followed them around like i was uh like it was a what's that movie called almost famous <clears throat> when i was young i was like 15 16 17 and 18 i followed porno papyrus around like i was almost famous and uh yeah it was fun uh, okay <clears throat> and colts i'm about I'm all about colts yes and julia being creative that's really where it's at right even if it's just with this little thing that we have James says, art is amazing. We can express ourselves with song, photos, poems. Let the creativity flow. Exactly. That's it. Whatever comes out of this comes out of this. You know? So, ironically, I'm writing a book about this podcast and what I've learned on the first season. I don't know if I'll be done by the time the second season's done, but... The one most important thing that I learned in this podcast so far was that love is definitely an equation to all of this, you know, and I never really thought about that. I always thought that like love might've been a man made construct, but it's definitely not. It's within us. So at that point, what does it all mean? So love is really an important factor. And I think after a while you get hurt a lot and you start to forget about that like you you lose your friends you lose the people that you love like today we lost Tanya Katane or Tanya Katane from you know that that video that white snake video back in the the 80s she passed away today It's, it's insane you know where did she go she's way too young 
So the point is, like, we're here one day and then gone the next. So the fact that I just get to cyber hang out with all of you and I get to look at your art and I get to wave at you and I get to just just touch you for a couple minutes is really where it's at. So another thing that uh, I got to do this season was just talk to a lot of my friends, like um, my friend Alex Danka. He was part of that Sebastian story. He uh, told me about his rescue dog and um, his animals and we're going to get back with him on the second season and see what's going on with that. But I got to talk to him about that. Uh, Greg Lewis got to show me his art with this white dove and this whole alien talk that we had was just really, it was fascinating. Uh, Elder Bryson with, with golden plates. He just, I got to learn about this artist. He's awesome. He's got this song that I really love dumpster girl and, you know, I got to just learn all these these new things and hang out with different people. I got to hang out with Julia, you know. I got to hang out with James. So next season will definitely be interesting. But I've got about four minutes until we get our guests in here. And I want to get into one of the uh, things that... that uh, Oh, quickly. My friend Mike also he got in contact with me. I, I had this inner circle. There's a couple mics. There's two mics. This is, this is Mike that loved Dungeons and Dragons. And he contacted me this week and he was like, dude, I, I watched your episode on Dungeons and Dragons. And the thing that you said about Drisk to Orden is what based my life about like the things that I do now, you know? And he's like, I, I joined the army and I became a ranger. And he's like, I wanted two scimitars and I wanted Guinevere at my side, but it could, it didn't happen. So uh, you know, the fact that he told me that it was just amazing that we all can, we meet on that level in this, this small wait, we're all connected. We're all connected. And that just trips me out. So, um, three minutes till Fox and the Red Hairs. What's going on? Greetings. So, uh, my, my point was, you know, life goes by so fast, just meeting new people, you know? Martin meeting everybody new like when I was young I wanted to sit around with my friends and I wanted to just talk to them about stuff like this forever you know but we grew up and so now this is how I do it I get to sit around in my room and talk to you guys like this and that's what it's about you know so it's so cool being able to really to communicate through this, uh, you know, deal. So anyways, I had a best friend too, other Mike. This is the other Mike, Big O, who I've talked about the three strikes. This is the third strike. So I, I said why we're not friends now. We're not friends now because I guess I screwed up and maybe he screwed up, but I had three strikes that I explained this, this series actually two strikes that I went over and uh I if you watch the other episodes through the the series you'll learn about the other strikes but the third strike that I think that I I wanted that that I did that that ruined the friendship that me and my friend Mike had was I try to force him back into my life you know I try to force him you know and sometimes you you, you can't do that you got to let friends come when it's their time 
And so that was my third strike. I tried to force him when, you know, everything was going great for me. My life was perfect. I was just like, come on in it. I want you in it. I want you in it. I, you know, things are going good for me. Let's, let's get you in it. And just because things are going for me, you know, good for me doesn't mean things are always going good for my friend, my other friends, but they probably are. It's just, they're sick of my bullshit. So anyways, my point is that was my third strike. And, uh, yeah, next season, that'll be the cliffhanger for this next season. I'm going to try to get Mike back and I'll do whatever it takes and we will see. And if he doesn't want to be my friend, then it doesn't matter because I got James, Julia, Martine, and pretty soon we've got Fox and the Red Hairs coming on here in, in any second. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's really where it's at, guys. And you're the best, Julia. And James, you're never, you'll never lose connection. Remember the tattoo show? One day I'm going to just get J-A-J. I told you right here, like somewhere on my arm. That's happening. J-A. I remember these things so Fox should be coming on here any second this is a band that I really love enjoy them they're gonna tune in any second any second any second any second and if they don't come they don't come in. Listen to this. are listening try again if that didn't work because i saw you i saw you you popped up for a second you're coming through maybe i'll try to search you but this is how i fucked up before but if you're on i'll see get it. We'll get it. Try to come in if you guys are watching Fox and the Red Hairs. 
try to send me another request because I think I was searching for you. We are alive. You are alive. Do you see me? Because I don't see you. Okay, I'll search for you. <laughs> I'll search for you. find y'all I can't find you we'll keep rocking your stuff though so go live in the room I'm gonna try this hold on <clears throat> we'll get this going we'll get this going I heard these guys on my uh, my shuffle play the other day, like a month ago, and I was like, who the hell is this? And they were like, oh, they're my, my friends. So stoked. If we can just get them on. <laughs> Anyways, something's not happening. Something. I'll give me one. I sent them another message. It could be that we have bad. Um, the Wi-Fi is kind of funky because I see some some people are jumping in and out. But I really, if if Justin doesn't come in here and, and the rest of the boys, I'm gonna be bummed because. <clears throat> Dude. Okay. Hold on. Well, they're gonna try another way. And then the only problem with this is the audio is going to be different, but it's all right. We'll get around it. We'll get around it. It's Saturday night. That's what it's all about, right? But if you haven't checked them out, they're pretty amazing. Look, he, he sent me a message and put a smile on my face. First time I saw this band walk into a bar, I was scared. Okay, they joined. You request, go back. Guys, we finally got Hi, it. James. Can you hear us all right? Yeah, yeah. Here you go. Uh, you're real quiet. Hey, you're real quiet. I, turn up my. 
microphone a Can bit. Can you hear me now? Can you know what I think it is? That we, like, we got the two sets of headphones. Like, so yeah. the splitter. Well, the splitter. No, it usually works really well. Well, but it's also not coming from a phone when we use it. It's coming from, like, the computer or something. Yeah. So I've, had this, yeah. I've had it before. I've had this issue before. Usually when things get plugged in, they're fucked up with the Instagram. So just knowing this... You know, if you do have things plugged in and you're not hearing me correctly, just unplug them. It sounds fucking fine with just like the straight, straight, you know, talk like this. Right now? Yeah, yeah sure. let's unplug right. it real fast. My headphone jack is a little bit buggy. Anyway. I have, have Goldblum. You're the Goldblum Lewis. Hell yeah. Goldblum. Let's see. Go ahead and say something now. What's going on, motherfucker? That's actually a little bit louder yeah, than the headphones. Weird. <laughs> we're just we're just hanging out. We were uh, watching Star Wars with uh, like the Magnificent Seven music playing behind it for some reason. Yep. Nice, nice. Well vaccinated. So if anybody's watching, don't get all freaked out that we're spreading or anything like that. Everyone we hung out with was vaccinated, so we're wearing masks. <laughs> that's okay. what it's about. I kind of said that earlier. I said that's really why we had to. The problems of why you know the delay so much you know is because you got the vaccination i got the vaccination and it really does kick your ass you know like dude i just passed the fuck out i tried yeah, to get I, up like, uh, I didn't really get anything after the one that i got the first one though like the next day i was just like super sleepy yeah I, dude i'm so i'm so sensitive to that stuff that like oh i'm a baby because i don't do anything like that so then all of a sudden i'm gonna stick some crazy virus you know not virus i'm not gonna miss some 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 vaccine into my arm and it just really you know i felt great for like the first six hours i felt like fucking superman i wanted to write like 10 albums i wanted to do this i wanted to do that and then i just crashed the hell out you know yeah they have to, uh where it was uh it's like where i went you, like you have to sit down for like 15 minutes yeah afterwards it's like okay it's been 15 minutes because i guess some people would just like get drowsy Right away. Yeah. It's like, no, I feel fine. Like, why did I have to wait for 15 minutes? Because they didn't explain to me why. They just yeah. like, just sit for 15 minutes and like, let us know after 15 minutes. And they just asked us like, how do you feel? So you don't uh, die. But then like, uh, as soon as I got home, I was just like, man, I'm, it's like, it's 1230 and I'm sleeping. <laughs> I was yeah. fine all night. And then, cause I got mine at like 11 in the morning and I was fine Friday and I woke up Saturday, and I got up, and I felt like, oh, I'm good. And an hour later, I was like, oh, uh, and I just passed out my laptop on my chest. All, I woke up, oh, God. Uh. See, I, I, like, I used to like falling asleep with my laptop on my chest because it's warm. warm. Yeah. It's warm. Yeah. Hey, it's hey, like, hey, 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 okay. Okay, I got to get into this because I don't know who this Jake Cat, Cat is, and I don't want him to. When are we getting new music? They want to know when the fuck you're getting new. We're, when are we getting new Fox music? That's what we want to know. Right here, uh, the right uh, we, we got, um, well, whenever Boots finishes the damn video. <laughs> yeah, we got a music video like, coming out. It was all filmed like immediately before COVID hit. And so after that happened, he couldn't edit it because he couldn't get the crew together to do all so uh, we're we're like we were trying to get something together back in uh, January. We asked him like, "Can you do something with what you've got?" He's like, "Well, so and so has like all the tapes with these footage." He's like, "I have some of the footage, but not all of it." Uh, and we're saying, "Can you do something with it?" He's like, "I'll try." 
And then he's like, well, I went to Louisiana instead. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> when we made this, everything. It was like a week before. When we made this video, my hair was this long. <laughs> yeah, dude, COVID changed everything. It, it really did. Look at all of us. We look crazy. It changed us. 2020 fucking completely changed us. When I first started this podcast, I said, when, when the first time I saw Fox and the Red Hairs walk into uh, the Doll Hut, when I first saw you guys for the first time, it was I like, was wearing my Sonic Thunder shirt, and that's why we hit it off. And, and it wasn't <laughs> just that, though. It wasn't just that. It was the. It was just like I'd been playing for like four years, maybe five years, maybe four years around the scene, and I hadn't seen any real fucking musicians that whole time, right? So when you play with these people that are just the real garage band shit, and then all of a sudden you see a real band walk in the door, like you guys, like you, no matter what, if you sounded like shit, you still just look fucking amazing, okay? So I was scared. <laughs> I was scared. And I'm like, look at these fucking guys. And then you took the stage and, and, and you, it was just as, you were just as good as you looked. And at that point, it was like, then in my mind, I'm like, here we go. This is, this is, now I got to fight, something to fight. And that's what you need. <laughs> if you don't have that, when you're just sitting around content going, fuck, dude, all these bands, uh, I can smoke them. And it's not fun. But when all of a sudden there's someone to, to challenge you, it makes you fucking better. And that was you guys. You, you forced us to be fucking better. And that was the best. The first time with, I heard you on keys. With, uh, as the crow flies. And like two chords into the song, I'm like, we need to play with them again. Yep. I was the same yep. way. Like, <laughs> these guys, this is, this is us. We got, we, got, we got a brother band. When I saw Justin fucking just stomp for the first time, like I can't explain it, like when he does the stomp for the first time, I was just like, and then the building and the building, and it was just, like I said, it was a real fucking band and it made me cr not criticize, but like critique them all. What am I missing? What am I missing? And then I go back to the drummer. I go, hey man, you know, I'm like, Jose's doing that, that build up, that build up. You guys need to fucking work on that. I'm like, can I went to say that? Shit. <laughs> and it's those things that, those little, Incosyncrity, those little things that just make a great live performance that you guys fucking just nail that I love. Oh, thank you. I mean, you do this. You, exactly. you guys do the same thing. Like every time we saw you, you always had some some new prop that you were sticking up there, like some new element of the whole stage show. Yeah. And just and then also like I think each time we saw you, like the the songs that weren't new songs all got longer. Definitely. They all just slower. kept getting longer and longer and longer and spacier yep. and weirder and stranger. And <laughs> for us, it was like getting better because we're like, this is weird. This right? is cool. <laughs> we fit. See, we just fucking fit. Uh, so I'm about, uh, thank you guys for uh, working during pandemic. Yeah, uh, th thank you for listening, Jake. I mean, uh, we've got a lot of demos. Uh, uh, a lot of them are on my personal SoundCloud, Justin Lee Fox. Uh, we've got a couple songs that we, we're going to be putting in the hairs. Uh, yeah, I have the demos that I put together. Yeah, yeah, Lucas got some. And, you know, like uh, Mother's Boys, Lou, me and Lou worked on at his house. Uh, we got a, a song called Eliza. Uh, Mother's Boys is about um, three brothers. <laughs> and Yeah, it's really sad. It's about it's based loosely off a true story about three brothers in World War One all died in war. You know, in our story, is the one brother survives because he was kind of a coward, and he talks about when he dies. Kind he's of a David Private Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, Eliza is just, of course, one of our red hair songs about you. You're in love with this girl, Eliza. She left you on. We made a Christmas song. 
she leaves you on Christmas Eve, and you, you... So you kill her. You kill her, put her in a lake, a frozen lake, but then her body comes back to life, her ghost, and drags you into the lake, and now you have to sleep next to her for eternity under the ice. So it's kind of like M. Night Shyamalan's Lady in the Water, but it's not shitty. <laughs> <laughs> he had, like, he had, like, two good movies. He had, like, two good movies, and then it all went south for Shyamalan. I actually really like Signs. I like a lot of people. Then I also had a really good time. Like I saw the village in theaters with my friend Jonathan and like, we kind of just went in there. Like I remember people were complaining about it cause they're like, it's not scary, yeah. but we went into it expecting it to be a horror movie. We were, just, we, we really like just a had thriller. Not even that. We just had no idea what it was. We were just like, Oh no, it's just the new M. Night Ch I think we saw it like on release and we hadn't even seen trailers for it. Like, no, it's new M. Night Shyamalan movie. Let's go check it out. And I think we we enjoyed it because we didn't have yeah, our yeah, expectations. No yeah. So, like, even if something is that, – that can often happen. I think that happens a lot when uh, – with getting to the topic of music. That bands, when a band will do something that – like, they'll go in a direction that you don't expect, uh, or maybe it's just not your bag. And so you – because it's not what you wanted from them. Yeah. And it doesn't have any reflection on the quality of it. Like the the thing the the example of that that always comes into mind my mind is Metallica's Load album. Okay. If that wasn't a Metallica record, it would be a classic. Like if a band came out of nowhere and put out that record, it had it does have a lot of filler. It's too long. But if you whittled it down a little bit, made it forty five minutes, and a band came out of nowhere and released that record at that time. People would love it, but because it was a Metallica record, it's like this is not what Metallica is. It wasn't to Kill 'Em All. It wasn't Kill 'Em All. You know, yeah, they like, Kill 'Em All. It's not about the actual quality of the thing. It's about your expectations of it. And if you expect something to be something else, yep. No matter how good it is, you're not going to like it because it's not what you were, not what you wanted out of it. Definitely, uh, we got I agree. From Jake again. Uh, uh, what music you guys listen to currently? Um, you want to answer? I answer. I was listening to Harry Belafonte earlier. <laughs> uh, I've been listening to a lot of weird, like, Aurora, and, like, because I'm learning Norwegian, and I've listened to a lot of, like, weird Nordic folk, like, just, like, Oh, oh yeah. Uh, what's, uh, 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 is it, um, Heimdall? Yeah, I think it's, it? uh, hi, yeah, it's, it's, like, Heimdall. I have no idea how to pronounce Heimdall it. or something. But it's, it, man, they're awesome. And then the 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 it's called the band Hugh or who H U I think that they're oh, a Mongolian, yeah, Mongolian band. band. They are they're fantastic. Okay, Love okay. Have you guys? I, I gotta interrupt you. Have you ever heard this fucking song? The the best ever death metal band in Denton. Have you ever heard this? Just give I don't it a second. So. If you can hear it, give it a second. It'll come through. It's coming in very faintly. The best ever death metal band out of Denton. A couple of guys. Big friends is great school. One was named Cyrus. The other was Jeff. And they practiced twice a week in Jeff's bedroom. The best ever death metal band out of Denton. What the hell are they? I think somebody played it. Have you ever heard this? Justin says he thinks he heard it before. It sounds it's hard to hear through the Instagram, so, but it sounds so familiar. I'll break it down. I'll break it down. It's the best ever death metal band in Denton. 
And basically what happens is they start this band in the garage, they do their thing, and then they're separated, these two guys, and one goes to grade school and one goes to this other school. And the, and the school tells them, like, dude, you're never going to be shit. You guys suck. It's never going to happen. And then, then all of a sudden, they fucking, you, you just hear them sing their song. And their song is just basically, hail Satan, hail <laughs> Satan tonight, hail Satan. And, it, dude, it's just like, it's just the sweetest most gutsiest most fucking real song that i'd never heard of you know so and it just says it all like how the best bands are fucking sitting in the fucking basements because the rest of the people are just fuck asses listening to you know what's ever hip on tiktok you know what, <laughs> what um what dave Grohl said about um uh what was it about like uh guitar hero and all that he was like look you know you got to pick up a guitar or drum set or bass, and you're going to be shit when you first start. No matter what, you're going to be shit. You can't let that turn off because you could be, like he said, like Nirvana. He was like, we just thought we were a shitty little three or four chord grunge band in the fucking basement. Yeah. And then we became one of the biggest bands in the world because yeah. we just kept going. And I, saw awesome. I saw I them. I saw them. I saw them. I'm old enough. I saw them. Nirvana, by the way. I saw Fuck them. you. No, okay. Okay. Okay, no, okay, I got a serious question here. Okay, Mary, fuck, kill, Nick Cave, Queen Amadala, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Um, I would marry Nick Cave for his money. I knew that. I just knew uh, that. I would, just I would make love to Maggie Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Sweet passionate. Or just let her make passionate love to me. Dude, and then I kill Queen Amidala because, I mean, she's going to die anyways in the trilogy. Dude, the time. Emperor <laughs> wins. Then the fucking Emperor yeah, wins. Yeah, kill Queen she dies anyway. Like, I would, uh, I would probably try to fuck Nick Cave to take some of his powers. <laughs> um, and, and, but also, like, you know, you don't want to marry Nick Cave because, like, if, like, if he doesn't swing that way, then, like, that's just not going to be a good relationship. <laughs> so, like, I'd probably marry Maggie Gyllenhaal. It's a platonic marriage. You can have, like, a nice... So it's what, like Kevin, it's like a movie with Kevin James and Adam Sandler, but it's you and Nick Cave. <laughs> All right. Can't buy it. You're trying to get health insurance, like, through Australia by marrying right. Nick Cave. Okay, how no. does, did you, how does Nick Cave want to get your hey. tribal insurance? There we go. Hey, how did you two meet? Me and Lou? Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, Dylan, our, our mutual friend Dylan, said, like, hey, I want you to meet this guy. He's an asshole, just like you. <laughs> I mean, late, me and Lou were talking like, yeah, Nick Cave, you heard you like him? We started That's pretty much it. it was, we, like, we're the only two people we found that love Nick Cave as much as we both love Nick Cave. Yeah. <laughs> and we, uh, we just started BSing, and then, like, Dylan came up to me. He's like, hey, man, I just want to tell you, uh, I'm really sorry if my friend, like, got on your nerves. I know he talks a lot, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, he didn't get He up. gave the same exact speech to me. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> I didn't, we were just, we were hitting it off, man. That was really, that was the best conversation I've had in months, you know? You know what's funny? I think, and maybe I think Lucas might have said that about you in the beginning, Justin. I think he came up to me and said, "Hey, Justin might rub me the wrong way or something." I'm like, "No, I fucking actually like I loved him. Like I got along with you." Somebody warned me. I don't know if it was Lucas or if it was <laughs> somebody came up to me, and I'm all no, yeah, same thing. It might have been me because like that, uh, when we first met at the doll hut, like I was there wicked early. Yeah, if you remember, because I I was working in the area right. at the time. So I got there about one o'clock, 
mm-hmm. because I, I had like I less that. like 10 a.m. to like 12:30 or something like that. Uh, so I got there at like one or two o'clock because uh, I was five miles away, something like that. So for a solid six years, up until like COVID and everything, the Dollet was my Saturday hangout. I was there every Saturday for a solid like six or seven years totally. until last totally. year. You know, I'm gonna start the- getting back there. Talking to Justin about this earlier, where the Doll Hut was—it's like the only place that I know where I could go there any day of the week, like like, and just go in there every Saturday. I didn't have to look up what was going to be happening there because people who book the bands there actually care about putting together a bill that makes sense. And you know, if you just ask them, "Can I play?" they're going to say, "Well, send me something." Definitely. Like if you ask somebody to play their venue and they don't ask to hear you don't play that venue 100% because <laughs> they don't no, care true. if they don't ask to hear you then they're not going to worry about putting you in a bill yeah. that yep. makes sense and and there's really nothing to gain when that happens and i've had too many gigs that are like that because it's especially with this band where it's very hard to book us it's understandably difficult cuz like well, it's hard to find a full like 4 hours of bands that sound like you guys like yeah. we could put you with punk bands and it's all right because you're like very raw and energetic it's like but we could put you with goth bands but you're not totally over there uh you know but anybody that just doesn't like we've done gigs hollywood gigs because hollywood is hollywood where it makes zero sense and then the thing is anybody that comes to see the band before or after us they don't care about is it. not going to like enjoy what we're doing yeah. most likely because they like what the band that they came to see is yeah. doing. You might so, get like one person in the, the band that was on, was on before you or like, Hey, you guys were great. Oh, yeah, see, musicians but, get it. Cause yeah. musicians generally have a broader musical yeah, taste than non-musicians, which is understandable. It's, it's Prince at the Ro- It's Prince with the Rolling Stones. Yeah. Or like uh, white lion with ACDC. Like, yeah. the, like the, the white lion, when the children cry video, uh, they wanted live footage of the band that made them look like megastars. So they filmed that live footage when they opened for ACDC. Totally. Totally. <laughs> Smart. Smart moves. It's not a bad idea, but I'm just saying that, like, I like both of those bands, and I wouldn't, like, that show doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Like, I'd see White Lion and Warrant. <laughs> But not White Lion and ACDC. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. That's like, I don't know, going and seeing, uh, I don't know. Uh, Sean Mendez and Iggy Pop. <laughs> I would Bro, not say I've like. Seen, I've seen Iggy, Iggy Pop, Pop with, I've seen Iggy Pop with Yoko Ono. That was great. Like, and the RZA all in the same night. Like they all played on the same stage, but they were all playing with Yoko. It was like, it, it was like Iggy. It was like uh, John Pushante didn't play that night, but he was supposed to. Uh, it was such a trippy, trippy thing. Mike Watt was hanging out in the audience. But yeah. Mike Watt, I saw not just Iggy Pop. I saw the Stooges. Oh, dude. I was supposed to. It was, it it was it, with Ron, Ron Asherton, like right before he died. That's awesome. Ron, whichever one died, it was, like, it was like a year before. Yeah, that was yeah. a good question. Uh, uh, a show you were supposed to go to, but either forgot or last minute was like, oh, my God, I was supposed to go to this show or something. I'll tell you who I was supposed to see. 
James fucking Brown. Oh, dude. James Brown at uh, uh, Morongo. And that night, I forgot. And my friend didn't call me. And I was like, and the next day, I was like, what the fuck? And he's like, oh, I didn't think you were going to show up. So I'm like, why didn't you call me? He's like, well, I was at work. I'm like, you could have took five minutes and said, dude, you, I've got tickets for you. Come in or not. And I would have been in the car and out the door. James totally, Brown. Totally. I had, I had great, I had Grateful Dead. And I Grateful Dead. Someone said, here, third, third row fucking seats of the Grateful Dead. And at that time, I was just this, like, punk rock, James Addiction fucking, you know, kid. I'm all, I don't give a fuck about no Grateful Dead. Fuck the Grateful Dead. I'm grateful when the goddamn dead. And then all of a sudden, like, as I get older, you know, your musical palette just opens up. And, of course, that's one of the biggest. And then Mazzy Star recently, that was one of my biggest ones. Like, I just didn't want to sit in fucking traffic. And then the the guitar player he passed away and he he wrote everything so I never really saw them I've seen the side project but I never got to see Mazzy Star and it's real fucking deal. Mine is the the show that I missed is the reason I don't buy tickets to shows anymore. I haven't bought a ticket to something in seven years, I think like something like that. So uh, it was the year that Square Pusher played Coachella. Square Pusher is notoriously reclusive. He never does live stuff. Yeah. Um, and I love Square Pusher. Uh, and he was doing a show at the observatory in Santa Ana. So I went, I got tickets to that. I also had a copycats gig that night. But we weren't playing until midnight. Doors at the Square Pusher show were at 8. So I figured, okay, if the doors are at 8, my gig is less than 10 minutes away if i go i could go to the square pusher show and i can't just tell people like no don't take that gig because if if i have to eat the cost of the ticket and not see the show i'm out 45 bucks if i tell the rest of the band that like no i can't do this show i'm taking like i'm preventing them from earning money you know so like i would just make a little less that night but they would also make money so i'm like okay no i could do the show i could do the show if we're on at midnight i could be there at 11:45 and set up so i could i figured i could leave by 11:30 so doors at 8 like even if an opening act goes on at 9 and plays until 10 uh then like you know 30 minutes 45 minutes later i could maybe catch like an hour of his set yeah and i'll be fine i left at 11:30 the opening act hadn't even gone on yet. Wow. Dude, I hate shit like that. I know exactly what you're talking about. I haven't paid money to go to a show since. Yeah. Because yeah. that was the last straw. That was the third time in a row I bought tickets for something. The time before was David Gilmore. That was yeah. bad enough. Yeah. Where I bought tickets for something and I ended up not being able to go because of other obligations. Totally. So then it just got to the point where I'm like, no, I don't buy tickets for shows anymore. And yeah. I still would get plenty of shows because my own shows are shows for me too. Because yeah. even if I'm playing, then I still get to see bands. But then exactly. there's other things. That's what it's about. That's what it's about, right? Hey, killers tonight? Yeah. <laughs> my James? For me, the only reason I play music is because I just, I'm getting older and I can't justify me being out in the crowd unless I'm going to go up on stage later, right? <laughs> I'm getting so old that I'm like, I look at these kids, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm like, I could be your dad. So, like, if I'm up on stage, I better be your dad because when I was younger, the people that were up on stage were my dad's age, and they still are, you know? Mm. So it's, like, it's just different generations. So quickly, um, 
fucking what's your favorite type of fox? This one. Oh, <laughs> me too. Me too. Me too. That was the best. Okay, that's all I need. That's all I need. Favorite, favorite author. Favorite author. Oh, right God. now. Mine is so bland, uh, and I've been like trying to read a lot more. Uh, like during the during COVID, like I was just like I I can't go out anywhere, and I also don't have any money. Like being a music teacher, like my industry just disappeared overnight, pretty much. But uh, well, I was just like, man, I'm just gonna get back to like reading a whole bunch. And so even though I read a lot, I feel like my favorite author and my favorite novel are just very like they sound very basic. Vonnegut. Vonnegut's up there. Nice. My favorite novel, my favorite author, Tale of Two Cities by Dickens. Nice. Um, I don't know. Like, I like Legs McNeil's stuff. You know, Please Kill Me. We yeah. got the Neutron Bomb. Because I like, I like reading, like, true stuff, and especially about bands and music, because it gives me inspiration. I just thought of something. Have you ever read any of the stuff from the first bass player from Blondie? He changed his name after he quit Blondie. But he became a paranormal, like, he wrote a book on Aleister Crowley. Like, oh, a parapsychologist. Like, so he's just in all, all of that sort of stuff. And he's like got half a dozen books on that sort of stuff. And he's the original bass player from Blondie, but he will like try to avoid talking about that, but he still makes it obvious. It's like, we were meeting up with, I was meeting up with our, with our guitar player, Chris and our singer, Debbie. It's like, we know it's you, man. That's awesome. I (laughs) love stuff like that. Ghost writers, ghost writers. (laughs) <laughs> um damn man i mean i like vonnegut of course you know like cat's cradle i, I love that book uh a little bit of sarcasm i think my favorite sirens of titan sirens of titan is really good too um it's just second book but i mean now like the game vonnegut is full on yeah <laughs> but it's like that, that's a really hard thing you, know, you, you got dick you, you know philip k dick you know you got you know uh uh herbert you know freaking dune i mean like ellison too hmm. That's a hard question, James. Can we move on? Yes. When did you guys start playing Dungeons and Dragons? And do you always play it on tour? Oh, man. When I was 10? Uh, Boy Scout camp. Like, that's what we did at Boy Scout camp. Because after, like, 8 o'clock, there was nothing going on. And we had 40 boys just hanging out with nothing to do. And so we're just like, okay, we'll get like six people together and we would do like two, three hours a night for a whole week and run whole, whole modules and stuff like that. Like, you know, that was, that was great. Uh, but that was the only time that I got to play because especially when you're like 10, 12 years old, it's hard to organize something yeah. like that. You know, nowadays like kids have it easy cause they could just go on roll 20. <laughs> Me, it was about 10. And then I started with like heroes quest, the board game one. And then like, Is I that got the one with the VHS. I think so. I remember that. And they had one of the guys from American Gladiators playing the fighter. Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Yeah. I did that, and then, like, when I got my teens, I got turned on to, like, Vampire the Masquerade and Riffs, and then uh, I started playing, and then I was like, I don't want to play anymore. I want to tell stories. You know, I've always been a writer, you know? So I started becoming a DM, and then I never got to play anymore because everybody's like, can you DM the game? And I'm like, okay, and then just constantly. grew from there. Do you think that? Do you think this is? Um, before I tell you, mine. Do you think that the dungeon master inside of you has helped create and form album, like like theories, you know, like album concepts and songs, and you know, just do you think that's helped you? Like a high level thematic structure. Yeah. 
I, well, just uh, speaking like some of the the first album, I think especially, uh, we painstakingly sequenced it because I think that's something that doesn't get appreciated enough. The, the, that's what I think is especially a, in a day of singles. A, an aspect of, uh, of of an album is. Uh, like the sequencing, like a lot of thought goes into that. In our first album, we really thought about that a lot because, uh, and then Danger described it the best where, cause he, he the, the first time we played with countless thousands, uh, uh, Danger Van Gorder, your vocalist, guitar player, uh, he took our album and he listened to it on the way home and he hit me up later and he's like, dude, just as this goes on, it gets, it gets more and more fucked up and dark. And I was like, we did that on purpose. <laughs> that's awesome. You know, we tried to figure out the way that the songs flowed the best. And that sort of theme of especially like we never play it anymore, but we get by is a very optimistic song. Yeah. And then you immediately go good into Good Man, yeah. which is still, it's like a, well, I mean, it's a little well, rough. Well, yeah, let's explain like, okay, so with Good Man, it starts like Good Man is, I mean, the chorus, I'm a good man, but I'm getting tired, you know, like. But then at the very end of the album, you have Flightless Bird, which is about a morphine addict. In the well, right after Good Man, it's Seven Bells, which is just immediately a song about suicide. Yeah, it's like, it's just like, I, I hate myself. But it's still kind I of bluesy. Yeah, yeah, it's still kind of bluesy. Dies, it doesn't yeah. sound, it's more like an Alice in Chains song. Yeah. It's not like, you know. So there is, there, is, there is kind of like a thematic, like, you know, a goal that we try to do to put yeah. together. I mean, even Last Letter from Queensland, we end with Last Letter because it's more of like a, like a, a sad, like, goodbye song almost. Like, it's the yeah. end of the album. It's it's goodbye from this guy who's now. Oh, well, we got Boot Hill after that. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Boot Hill. Hill yeah. But Boot, Boot Hill is also very sad. <laughs> oh yeah, Boot Hill. But there's vengeance at the end. You're gonna kill God for how he wronged you. <laughs> well, see, all these things they re they kind of relate back to D and D, you know, because they, they you know they give you that creative process to just you, you and also like you said these rules to obey to kind of create and i don't think a lot of people have that and i think especially when you're young you know when you have these these things to to make you imaginative like hey you dude you got to think hey justin you're the dm you got to fucking think of something you know i'm going to tell you my first my first uh, experience with D and I wasn't going to, but I'm like, fuck it. This was 12 years old. When I was 12 years old, this was like back in the day. And this fucking hippie man, uh, my friend Tanner and Toby, they had they had these just older brothers. So this older brother was probably like 23. We're like 12, and he's like, hey, hey. We're, come over to my house and we go over to this creepy fucking house this hippie this fucking dirty looking fucking hippie looking like me pulls out a fucking joint and he's just all we're 12 he's 23 he's all smoked this and we smoked it i'm fucking 12 dude i'm 12 and all of a sudden he's like time to fucking play dungeons and dragons and i'm like what the fuck See, you happening? were like you were whatever like that experience is what every like mother in the 80s was afraid was going to happen every to their children yeah, if they, they played D D. And it happened. It totally happened. And I had the best time, right? Until, like, I built my character. I was going through. And then, like, fucking, I made one wrong move. I'm like, yeah, I want to grab for that that 
you know, safe or whatever. And he's just like, oh, the floor, the floor is falling out underneath you. You've fallen on fucking spikes and you're dead. And I was fucked up because I was so in it. And I had such an imagination. I'm like, oh, what do you mean I'm fucking? And I saw it better than any movie. I saw it than better. Mm -hmm. You're using your own imagination. It was so dramatic to me at that point and so real that it just got me and I was sucked in. And I didn't want to re redo a character. I wanted to keep my guy alive. And that's when you know shit's real like, yeah real. Uh, that's a, that's thank a, you lorna uh a, a thing going on right uh a game that we're playing right now we're doing this uh pro wrestling rpg that's really really fun and one of the really nice cool effort. things about it is uh like um oh yeah white wolf game uh, yeah white wolf game stuff great stuff uh i got i gotta tell you about my grandma's thing on, on white wolf the, uh, that, that, that's funny as hell in the wrestling game what's kind of cool is that there are like specific moves that you can do Specifically, because like one player, the DM is creative, so they're like the person who writes the wrestling show. Because in the game, you actually play the the actual person that plays that character on that wrestling program, and the wrestler, you know, because like they're already doing that dual role thing. Yeah. Um, but then it's like, all right, so here's the card. Like it's going to be this match, this match, this match, this match. You're going to win. You're going to win. You're going to win. And there's a, an actual move in the game that you could do to just go. Nah, fuck that. I'm gonna actually win, and so it's there's also a mechanic in it where it's like, well, there's fallout from doing something like that, but the book does. It's just like, no, like your job as creative is to roll with those punches or when things don't go the way that you plan them to. Interesting, uh, because that that actually happens in like a real wrestling show. Like somebody might get injured or something like that, but that happens in normal in in D and D or vampire, like whatever you're doing, like when. When it, it really bugs the hell out of me when a DM fights, uh, fights back against, like, the players making a certain decision because it might skew their narrative that they want to oh, tell. It's totally like, that's politics. you got to do with what we decide to do. <laughs> politics and Dungeons and Dragons. That's a whole fucking other episode. I'm going to be honest. I only got fucking three more minutes on this because I got to end at the 12.59 because if I don't, I can't rebroadcast it. So quickly, fucking, do you guys have any shows that might be coming up recently? Because I know you're vaccinated or anything popping up yet. No, we haven't even been able to get back in here and rehearse yet. Yeah. So we're in the band room right now, so and it's empty. We're, yeah, we're planning. We're we're planning our triumph return, though. So we haven't done shit either. Dude, believe me, we haven't done anything. I haven't done anything. So you know that that's really it. Okay, fucking, you guys were like like I said when I saw you guys walk into that doll hut, you scared the shit out of me, and you still you still scare the shit out of me. But I love you guys like brothers. Nice guy. Really, lost I love and What's that, Jesuit? What? I said we're the nicest guys to sing about lost love and murder. I'm not. I'm a dick. Mur Dude, bro. So every time, quickly, every time I think about writing about a murder song, I really do. I'm like, because I'll watch a lot of Datelines, you know, and of course you're like, I wrote this one song about like this girl that had a black Stratocaster and she was fucking murdered and she was just like one of us, dude. And I'm like, what? How is this like 20 year old chick just dead? And like, I wrote a whole song, but I'm like, you know what? No, nah, Foxes, they got that covered. If I do that, they're going to be taking that shit, dude. Well, so joke. like, we, I'm not going to do it. We play, whenever we play, it's, if you guys open for us, you get the crowd like really happy and positive, And then we just bring them tumbling down. <laughs> but if you guys go on after us, 
we bring them tumbling down. You guys get them back optimistic again. And then when we, when we combined, when we combined, we're like one fucking super band that can like take over the goddamn world. So don't forget about that. You know? Yeah, that's so, it. Don't bring me down. It's just <laughs> classic. You'll remember that when you're fucking like ninety. You're, I'm gonna show my yeah. kids that. Like I will. Moment right there. <laughs> it was a moment, definitely. And we'll have many more. And thank God, COVID shit is like done. Not done, but the vaccinations are here. You guys are fucking hip to that. I'm hit to that. We're going to get back out there. We will do a tour together. I can't fucking wait. I'm going to get off this. I love you guys. Fox and the Red Hairs, check their fucking music out. Check them out. They're amazing. Love you guys. What does it all mean? It's been a pleasure.